0: Yeah. So I think I was just an interesting time in my life where I had a lot of questions about my own masculinity. I'd grown up with um, some body image issues. I had thought like I played sports and I was surrounded by guys who I thought um, weren't really nice guys. I thought they were more like jocks and I just didn't really understand some of the, the behaviors. And I with that in mind i really had a lot of insecurities that i projected onto other guys and i didn't grow up with a lot of guy friends and i found it really hard to make uh guy friends because of these projections that i had on them mm-hmm. and i found it really hard to connect with them and then on top of that i had my own insecurities that just like oh they they would never like me because i'm fat or i'm like i'm bad at sports or or kind of any of these mm-hmm. these things and it was at the peak of this cultural conversation of toxic masculinity and what that was. And I didn't think everything that was labeled as toxic masculinity was toxic. And I didn't think we were having enough nuanced conversations about why it was toxic or why it wasn't. Mm -hmm. I found a lot of people that were leading the charge were rightfully so in a lot of ways, women that were extremely hurt by the actions of men in their life, which I I think Mm -hmm. is like important to have and, and important to acknowledge. Um, And I don't think I just don't think there was any like honest conversations from men with men about why we were doing some of these harmful things and not adding enough like context to the way that we were raised. Um, I remember a lot of conversations being around things like, men, you're allowed to cry. And to me i'm like i'm I'm not a crier like i would say i'm an emotional mm-hmm. guy with a very sensitive heart but i'm not a crier like it takes me a lot mm-hmm. to cry i'll cry during movies but it, like in the moment i don't really cry mm-hmm. to a lot of them i'll cry during like weddings and like funerals and things like that like like a normal person would i would say um <laughs> but i don't ever really feel the need to just release uh or have okay. a huge cry and then i also think a, a huge disservice to men was and i learned this throughout the podcasting journey was Typically men think they can only feel like two feelings and one is anger and the other one is like happiness or, or like humor, you know? And most of the time when men are angry, they're not angry. Like they're not, anger is not the primary emotion. It's they're upset. They're frustrated. They're hurt. They're sad. They're whatever, but they don't know how to like release those emotions in a healthy way. Mm -hmm. And then that leads to this toxic masculinity narrative. So those are some of the, like the main reasons why I started the, the the podcast and I had a lot of friends that weren't in that toxic masculine realm of people but I knew that they had probably done things that they regret or acted in a ways that they had regret and I was the same way um and that was really it like I I just was really interested in adding nuance to the conversation that we were having and mm-hmm. bringing more young men into the into the to the picture and into the conversation and then also um, talking with men from different generations, from different life experiences, whether they were like ex convicts or ex military mm-hmm. or, um, you know, part of the LGBTQ community. Like, I really just wanted to talk to people and different men about their experience with masculinity.
1: That's it. I mean, you also, I feel like you started with with just your friends I think in the beginning and then you started getting this very amazing I'm not saying your friends are not amazing but people with very different experiences I believe this one guy from like he was an ex-convict I guess and then you mm-hmm. had a guy from the military like a veteran uh, so it, it it was I think it was very interesting to see how everyone perceives masculinity and in a way everyone had like a different definition for it mm-hmm and then, compared to what we see in the media, it's like it's painted in just one stroke. It's like, oh no, this is what it looks like, and this is what it must look like. Otherwise, you're uh, what you're doing is we're not up out up for it or something like that. Yeah. But during your conversations, what, what would you say were like one of your powerful moments? Powerful moments.
0: Um. I think a lot of it was those conversations that men just really suck at labeling their emotions and how they're feeling, and they don't know how to outwardly release that. Kind of going back to what you are saying, I think everyone has different definitions of masculinity because everyone has different ways that they're raised, and- What people fail to talk about when it comes to masculinity is it's it's a very like tribal experience, just like anything else, Mm -hmm. like whether you're a part of a a political affiliation or a political party or like a religious group or um, like really anything, even your local chapter of like some charity or or anything Mm -hmm. like that, like every group has in group thinking or some sort of tribalism thinking that gets you to buy in. And masculinity is no different um, and masculinity in different scenarios of life, whether it's the military or whether it's in prison or whether it's just part of the LGBTQ community or whether it's masculinity mm-hmm. in the Democratic Party, like they all look completely different. And even within your own friend groups, it all looks different. And that's one thing I just wanted to point out to people is there's no one size fits all idea of masculinity. Mm-hmm. How you perceive your man or your, your manhood in like one group is gonna be completely different than another. And I wasn't really trying to impose a viewpoint on masculinity Mm -hmm. on everyone. That's what I think I did. Like that's what I think I'm most proud of is I never said one mask. Well, maybe maybe not never because there's probably seventy five episodes and you can check the receipts and I probably did say something. But um, (laughs) I just never said never. yeah, I never I I never tried to say that one form of masculinity was wrong or how one person interprets it is wrong because in the military sometimes a moment of weakness can get thousands of pe- like hundreds of people killed or like your best yeah. friend killed which is yeah. it's a very different stake game than it is mm-hmm. like in your own friend group, right? And I think that's one thing that we perceive very poorly as humans is that in every group the stake of mis- like the stakes of the mistake are completely different yeah and there's there's a weight that comes with that there is a a, a need sometimes in military situations to forget all emotion and and leave mm-hmm. that at the door in order to best protect your your fellow man. Um, there's a need in certain communities to have like a little bit more of a loose definition of it because people are always morphing and people are different. Like there's a kind of a luxury you have in where you're not really protecting people from like a safety perspective. And, um, that was one of the things like I thought was really interesting to me is that there's no one size fits all. There's no, there's no best term. There's no best definition and everyone is going to relate to it differently. Um, that was like It, I think that was that was like my biggest learning of of Mm -hmm. it all.
1: Okay, and you also had your dad on the episode. I was really looking forward to that episode. How did that come about, and how did you feel like during the episode? Like, did you get to know more things about him after, like after that process?
0: Yeah, for sure. Sometimes I forget that I even did that episode because it's just so, (laughs) uh, so like. I like he was one of my dream guests when I first started and it wasn't until episode 50, I feel like it was like 56 or 57, something something in that in that realm that I felt comfortable asking him to even be on it. Uh how it came about was I my cottage is like my favorite place in the world. It's it's like a one room shack, no running water, no electricity, like very just all you do there is sleep, swim and read. And I remember it was my birthday weekend and I asked him to come to the cottage with me because I really wanted to go to the cottage. And then I said, Hey, while we're there, can we do a, a recording of of the podcast? And I don't do a lot of prep work for my my podcast. Like I truly don't. Like I don't Okay. For the first ones, I I have like pre-calls with friends and I'm like, or, or my guests. And I say, Hey, this is, these are some themes I'd really like to talk about, but I don't write out questions for my dad's episode. I wrote out questions. Like I was, I had very specific asks. I had a very specific storyline that I wanted to tell from his childhood to where he is now. I wanted to talk about him like pre my mom, because I never heard about Mm -hmm. stories like before my mom, I kind of wanted to know I'd heard a little bit of stories like from his childhood. So I wanted to hear like childhood, dating before my mom what was that like early stages of of like being married and then having us as kids and now as we've all grown up me and my siblings are all like 25 and older what is that like what were the changes what were the personalities Mm -hmm. that that you saw and developed um amongst your kids so those were like the four stages of life i really wanted to to talk about but i was incredibly nervous for that that episode like so nervous i don't there's no episode i was more nervous for i don't think Why were you nervous? It's weird. It's weird to sit down with your, (laughs) with your dad and ask like heartfelt questions, Uh, questions Mm -hmm. that you don't know how they're really going to respond. Like it, like it was my whole life, right? You, you ask, you, you know about your dad's relationship with your mom, but you don't know about, it's kind of weird to talk about the relationships before your mom, because like, why would I ask that? Why would I care? But I was really interested in that because yeah. like, how did it, I wanted to know the bits and pieces of how you finally got with my mom. Um, it's a little bit weird to talk about, you know, his relationship with his parents in an in a age that was, you don't really talk about that stuff, you know, like you don't, my my dad was completely different than my grandpa. My grandpa loved working with his hands. Like he was on trains. He, he drove trains and my dad is... Not really like a like a handyman. He like they were just very different in a lot of ways, and those can be personal things to ask of sometimes a generation that d- doesn't talk about those things. So those were other things I was nervous about. Um, I don't. I always found that it was harder to sit across from people that I knew deeply already and ask them personal questions in like a recorded format in a recorded sense. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very easy to do with strangers. I have no problem asking like really personal questions about strangers i think that's like for example i think that's why humans of new york does really well is because there's no like there's no second meeting you know even though the story is going to go to millions and millions of people and i learned this I, i know you want to talk about this later too my i did a trip across canada it's so easy to talk to strangers like it, it really is and ask them any questions because most of the time strangers realize that as they're talking to other strangers they have nothing to hide that's when like they're the yeah. most purest form of self and i mean a lot of these strangers that i talked to yeah they had their own brand and identity to keep up and they had a message but your friends it's it's kind of hard to to talk about them because you already have these preconceived ideas about who they are yeah. and why they they are the way they are, um, and that could be harder to ask because it, it's a much more personal ask of a question. When it, when you're mm-hmm. with a stranger, it's not personal because you don't know anything about them. You're not like trying to attack yeah. at insecurity, and most people yeah. see that.